Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU football executing a new philosophy and one that has Bronco Mendenhall feeling really good about the future. It's all about depth with the capital D. Expectations for Cougar football in 2014. Plus, on the eve of the Y Awards, we're joined by one of the very talented hosts. We play Big Deal, No Deal, and your favorite April Fool's Day stories. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, here is Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hello, Tuesday, April 1st. I'm Spencer Linton alongside the biggest Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim fan ever. April Fools. Jerem Jordan. 10-3, baby. We're 1-0. Jerem, Seattle Mariners got the win yesterday. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. Of course, happy April Fool's Day, if, if that's such a thing. I got a kick out of something that happened just after midnight. Eric Mika, who is a jokester, freshman center for the BYU basketball team, leaving on his LDS mission to Rome, Italy very soon, sends out this tweet like maybe like 1201, something like that, and says, hey, random shout out to the room dog, Worthington 41, Luke Worthington, his roommate. He's a good guy and he's got some quality tweets, so everyone should follow him. Seconds later. He sends an additional tweet. April Fools! Ha 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 Like the rest of the characters. <laughs> yes. All, all 140 characters. So not saying I'm surprised, but uh, that was the first April Fools joke I saw. 1201 Mountain Of course time. it would come from Eric Mika. Naturally. Are we, are we surprised? Naturally. Not at all. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. Link up across BYU Sports Nation wherever, whenever. And let's make this an April Fools Day to remember, Jerem. What is your best April Fool's Day story? Something that happened to you, something that you did to someone, something that you've heard? Send them in. Use hashtag uh, BYUSN on Twitter. I'm still trying to remember mine. I've narrowed it down to a few, but I, I, don't, I don't really have a great April Fool's Day story. I know you've got a great one. Well, let's find out. I'll tell it and you decide if it's great. <laughs> I was seven years old, and my mom on April Fool's said, April Fools were mo- or no, of course she didn't say April Fools at the beginning. That would spoil it. She said, "We're moving back to Portland." So me, 7, and my sister, 4. Yay! We're all excited because April Fool. I was oh, fools. No. I was crushed. Oh, I was no. crushed. That's terrible. Were you mad? That, well, like, were you a, legitimately angry? Yes. As a little kid, I was like, "Oh, I really wanted to move back to Portland." <laughs> oh. <laughs> I hope you're listening, Jerem's mom. What you did to traumatize your son. <laughs> It's all good. It's all it's all. My mom fun, has, a, right? has Twitter. She doesn't use it very often. Mom, you should tweet in. <laughs> Listen to BYU Sports Nation. Noon Eastern on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143. Watch the simulcast live on BYU TV and on BYUtv.org. Without further ado, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Strength in numbers. Listen, developing depth is what spring football is all about. The lack of depth for BYU in last year's bowl game, primarily due to injuries, hey, it, ex- it exposed BYU. The coaching staff made note of that. Understandably, there has been a concerted effort by Bronco Mendenhall to make sure that doesn't happen again in case of injuries. Here's what he had to say. Oh, yeah, depth. Our freshmen will probably play up to 22 plays a game. True freshmen coming in. And so we need more bodies, more players and more people to contribute. More bodies, more players, more people to contribute. He doesn't want a solid two deep. He wants a solid four deep. Now, hold on a minute. If, you, if you're a program like BYU, you're hoping that your starters can be really good and that your backups are good enough. If you have great, great backups, don't 
end up coming to BYU. They go and start somewhere else. That's what ends up happening. So if BYU gets great starters and then good enough backups, that's going to be good enough for BYU. Um, I mean, of course you want elite talent. Of course you do. That's to me. That's not how Bronco thinks. That's to me. More bodies, more players, more people to contribute. True freshmen will play up to 22 plays per game. 22 plays per game? Yeah, how many freshmen is the question? Bronco didn't go into that. How many freshmen would actually participate in that? I'm thinking, of, I mean, three to five or six end up playing like that. Michael Lisa as a freshman played, you know, but guys like Fred Warner, Sione Takitaki at linebacker, they may come in and play right away. Trey Dye, how much is he going to play? If you're 20 good enough plays to play, a game? why not? Sure. You, well, you hope that you don't have to play freshman necessarily because then you're physically developed a little bit more, you know the playbook, and then you get some time. But if you're ready, great. But I think the ideal situation is that you don't play freshman that much. Guy Holiday made a great point uh, after spring football practice, and, and he talked about depth. And the fact is, if you want to compete at the highest level, you have to have depth. You just do. Yes. When BYU's back to the consistent double-digit win seasons, you're, you're going to find that the backups are good because injuries happen. It's natural. The fun thing about basketball that we've seen in March Madness is that you can kind of avoid injuries and be all right, and you have like five, maybe six guys, and that's good. But in football, you, you have to have decent backups. We saw trouble with BYU last year in the secondary. Sky Povey and Mike Haig did their very best to do what they could. But they're not the best BYU has to offer at cornerback. It was Jordan Johnson and Trent Schmell, and they got hurt. Both of them. I mean, how? what's the likelihood of that happening? That's just bad luck. And however, that's why you need the depth. However, Bronco Mendenhall said that the plan now is, if that happens, we still want to be elite. We still want to be as good as we could be with our twos and threes in there. That's a really, really big challenge. It's ambitious. For a team like yes. BYU. Yeah. It is. Teams like Alabama and Texas and Georgia. And you can plug the next guy in and get something generally you similar. Can, you can do that, yeah. yeah. But even there, even there, there's, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for those, those new young elite talent. BYU wants to be in that same boat. Why, I say why not? Yes. I say why not? And I like the recruiting class that BYU brought in because I think that they can get to that point to a greater degree. I don't think BYU's backups will ever be as good as the starters. Then why are they backups, naturally? But I think that the groups and the talent the BYU is coming in, you will have a good problem because you will have backups that want to be starters and should be starters. That probably could be starters on a number of other Division I programs. This is something unique. On paper, it looks that way. It, it's, it's, a difference, it's a different story when you have to apply that to the actual field. Yes. But on paper, it looks great. I'm more concerned about great starters than I am having backups, though. Where is depth needed the most? Defensive back? Yes. Linebackers with all the injuries they had this last year? This year a lot, yeah. Yep. This year a lot. And wide receivers, they wanted speed. Well, guess what? They got it. They I, got it. That's where I think you actually have some good depth. And these guys need to prove themselves, but there's a lot. On paper, it looks good. On paper, though. On paper. On paper. Let's play, baby, and Let's see what happens. Let's play an actual game. Countdown to Connecticut. One fifty. One fifty. One fifty. One fifty. One hundred fifty. A nice even number. 150. <laughs> We're going to have a, more awkward numbered singing days later. It is a nice round number. And I cannot <laughs> wait to see what the two deep is going to be when the Cougars take on the Huskies on August 29th. Let's keep it rolling. Topic two. Hanging with Mr. Rose. It all depends on how, how, you know, the 
the healing process comes through. I, I think that right now there's no plan at all in his mind mm-hmm. and no plan in our mind. But we, we all know with injury there's uncertainty, and, and so there is a possibility that that, that could happen. Dave Rose talking about Kyle Collinsworth and the possibility of a red shirt. We sat in his office two-on-one for a little more than 30 minutes yesterday and had a great opportunity to get a gauge on BYU basketball moving forward. What's happening now? What are the expectations for the immediate future? What are they going to do over the summer? Uh, Really insightful conversation. And the takeaway for me from that number one was Kyle Collinsworth because he is such a valuable player on this BYU team how long his recovery would be, what that recovery process would be like, and if if there's any minute chance that he might redshirt next year. And, and Dave It doesn't said, sound like nope. it, as we just heard. As we, are, we are planning on Kyle being back, and if you ask Kyle, it's going to be a six-month recovery. That, with that said, the doctor's prognosis has been very good. That has been confirmed, that things went really well with Kyle's surgery. Great news. Kyle's an optimist. He's going to want to get back in right. six months. You think best case scenario when you start this process and throughout. Otherwise, you, it's going to be a horrible process and you're yes. going to richer for sure. But if they say eight months and that's the worst case coming out of this, he's back in November. Well, it's the worst case right now. Listen, day one of rehab is for – he tweeted prior to the show, about ten minutes prior to the show, Kyle tweeted, first day of rehab. So it begins. If he can get back – the thing is, if he's rehabbed and back – how quickly does he go get up to 100%? I mean, you're going to have a couple games where he's not full bore. He may be on a, a Steven Strasburg minute count, if you will, <laughs> where you don't play him as much at the beginning. So six months would be good, but I, a little surprised to hear that redshirt's not even in the discussion. At some point, it will be part of the discussion. You think they'll have that at discussion? S- at some point, it's like, do we even consider it? See, I think... You, you have to see, at the end of the rehab, you have to... is going to say, okay, is it in our best interest to play him given where he's at right now. That's going to be Likely, it. yes. Yeah. Likely, yes. But I'm telling you, there's a chance that the best case is to redshirt. The intent is 100% that he will play. Of course. That, that's what Dave Rose yeah, put yeah, out there. He's yeah. like, there's, right now, we're not even thinking about redshirt. But you're saying that they I mean, will, later, later now, they will have that discussion four or five months, point. you have that discussion. Scholarships. There are more players than there are scholarships available for this BYU basketball 14 team. 14 and 13. Dave Rose said, we will address that after individual player interviews... And there will be kind of a natural process that happens there. So they're not going to make any determinations until the end of the fig- semester. Everybody figures out what they want to do and where they're going the at the end, end of, of the this semester. Month. Yeah. So they've they've got a little bit a little bit of time to discuss that. It's a wait and see. He thinks it's things will see. play uh, themselves out or itself out. They lose one Eric, guy. They lose Eric Mika, the only person they lose. And he you said, "Add we're, five. We're going to miss Eric." But he spent a lot of time talking about Chase Fisher, Jamal Ates, Isaac Nilsson. Those guys will make an immediate impact. This is a team that had no seniors, won 23 games, got back to the NCAA tournament as an at-large, and they add depth. They, basketball adds depth with some transfers from some division, one, some major Division I programs. I, it's hard for me to believe that this team is not at least a little bit better than yeah. the team was this year. Just by sheer numbers. Yes. And here's the thing. You're not adding brand new guys. You're adding guys that have been on the team this year. They just couldn't play. Nielsen got home from a mission midway through the year. Eights tra- uh, Eights transferred from UNLV. Fisher transferred before the season but had to sit out. They know BYU's system now. They're going to have a full summer, too. These guys are going to be ready to rock, although Eights can't play until mid-December. 
Oh, by the way, Tyler Haas, AP All-American, honorable mention. Awesome. Well done, Tyler Haas. Our Twitter question today is, what is your best April Fool's Day story? At Laser Sheep says, giving the neighborhood bully mustard Twinkies has helped oh, to shape my mean. life. Oh, he my deserved goodness. it. No question what? about that. How gnarly. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, what do comedy... BYU Sports and the Y Awards all have to do with each other. The three collide next. This is BYU Sports Nation. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to the show. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B at BYU Broadcasting. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. It airs weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYURadio.org and the BYU Radio iOS app. Hey, coming up tomorrow. I can't believe it's tomorrow. The Y Awards on BYU TV, hosted by the cast of Studio C. It's at 9 Eastern, and for the first time ever, live on BYU TV. Also, if you're a fan, you're local, you want to show up, you're a fan of Studio C, fan of BYU Sports, fan of both, fan of anything else, fan of Zebras, just show up at the Marriott Center and enjoy the Y. If you're an individual, just go to the Marriott Center tomorrow. (laughs) You've opened it up to literally everybody. Yeah, and it's whatever seat you want to sit in, just show up, no tickets required, open to the public. It's going to be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to the fan interaction we're going to have this year. for the Because game it's year. live, we're yeah. going to use Twitter. That's really cool. Yeah, and vote. if you haven't voted already, have you voted? I have not voted yet. I, I haven't voted either. I need to get on that. I'm not sure if I should vote or not. I did. Yes, I'll vote. Yeah, you're you're a key contributor, well, I've, producer I've just to this been thing, part, aren't you? Yeah, I've been part of it, so I almost feel like, well, I need to stay out. I don't know. No, you need to get involved. Yeah, so you, you go to BYUCougars.com or BYUTVSports.com, and there's a post about how to vote. So you watch the six, six nominees, uh, Mallory and Matt from Studio C, explain how you vote. But uh, hashtag Y Awards, hashtag the specific hashtag of that sport. Here's what Tons makes this even awesome. better. Studio C, the cast, cast members have done a really good job. Uh, I mean, if you look at their YouTube hits and, and what they've done with social media. I want to say it's something like 25 million views on YouTube. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard that number. There's a reason people are clicking on that, because they're really talented and really funny. And we are honored to welcome to the BYU Sports Nation set, Jason Gray, a member of the Studio C cast, and you will be hosting the Y Awards with uh, your comrades tomorrow. Are you ready for the show? Yeah, we're really excited. This is the first time doing kind of a BYU-specific thing as a cast, so we're pumped to, to do it, especially with sports. So. Is $25 million accurate? It is. I think it's actually up to closer to $30 million. How, oh, dare you, yeah. How dare you, Jeremy? How dare you? Short million. Studio C. Short. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Gray with us, Studio C cast member. He will be part of that hosting cast for the Y Awards tomorrow. Jason, uh, when you take a look at BYU sports and, and the passion that surrounds this university with sports, why was it something that uh, got you excited to, to be involved with the Y Awards tomorrow? Uh, well, we're just excited to... Uh to work together because a lot of times at Studio C we do more kind of general humor that that anyone can watch. So this is our first time really getting to focus on BYU and BYU sports. I grew up a huge BYU sports fan. Um, I still remember. I think it was 1995. The uh, the Cotton Bowl. 96. Sar- yeah, 96. Exactly. Yeah. With exactly. Steve Sarkeesian. That's when I kind of fell in love with BYU football. So it's cool to be able to interact with the football players um, that are going to be there and poke fun at them a little bit and uh, hopefully. 
all in good fun, but uh, we're excited to, to work <laughs> together. And you've had to battle maybe some Boise State fans, BYU fans. That, that dynamic in Boise is interesting. Yes, it? it is interesting. I actually, okay, I have a confession to make. Uh-oh. I went to the... <laughs> oh, no. Last fall when BYU played Boise State, I didn't know who to go for, and I went, I, I went in a Boise State jersey. Oh! I know. And, what? <laughs> uh, I know. I'm sorry. And it was this is your time to repent. <laughs> it was obviously a horrible decision. I thought it was going to go the other way around, where I'd be the one kind of like poking fun at people around me, and it, and people recognize me from Studio C. And a lot of people were like, is this a joke? Is that why you're wearing that? Is this some sort of sketch? Like, what's going on here? And I just had to take it because the score was like, you know, we were down by like 30 points. So That's when you say yes, it is a joke. Yeah, I was like, yes, totally. Ha-ha, I have my BYU jersey underneath. <laughs> Does Studio C do anything with April Fool's today? Uh, we, we should. It's kind of, Well, at last season we aired our second season on April 1st, so everyone thought it was going to be a joke that we weren't really going to air or something like that. But... We didn't take advantage, which is sad. So next year, we'll do something. On April Fool's. Yeah. yeah. You're a really good impressionist. And, I mean, the impersonations you do are, are super, super spot on. Are, are, is there going to be any of that tomorrow? Can you give us a hint of maybe some of the things we're going to see tomorrow? I might pull out Christopher Walken. It seems like guys <laughs> who like sports really like Christopher Walken. Yes. So I might be like, guys, Kyle Vinoy is really good at football. <laughs> I got to have more cowbell, guys. Listen. That is, that is Never question really Bruce Dickinson. Question. Never do it. So he might make an appearance. <laughs> okay. Looking forward to that. I also love your Professor Snape. Oh, I mean, yeah. that, that one is just... That gets me every time. Really high energy, <laughs> Professor Snape. <laughs> I, I love it. I've, I've seen every every episode of Studio C. I really enjoy the show. Well, thanks, so I, guys. I think it's going to be fun that you guys are hosting the Wire Awards. And uh, we've been a part of meetings together yesterday. We went over the, the jokes and the monologue with Tom Homo. He loved it. Uh, I think people are going to be excited. Maybe uh, can you tease us a little bit as to maybe something in the monologue that uh, people might enjoy? Well... Okay, one of the jokes that I really like, uh, we kind of make fun of, uh, oh man, I don't want to spoil it too much, but basically the joke is that we, uh, that someone does their job so well that they get one of the Texas coaches fired from their job. I'm I'm not going to go too much, but we poke fun at the Texas game a lot because, you know, we blew them out and... Um, we're gonna we're gonna ra- uh, rattle Texas a bit for that. Yeah, for, they got rattled plenty loss. in the game. I don't think that anything that's said tomorrow will rattle them more than right. what happened on the field. Yeah. So if yeah. we had like BYU sports trivia with the cast of Studio C, I'm I'm get I'm gathering that because you're a huge sports fan, you'd pro- yeah. you'd probably win that, right? I in Studio C, yes, I would. I would you definitely would crush everyone. <laughs> I would crush, <laughs> which isn't saying much. Basically, it's like I know what a touchdown is, and that would like. <laughs> <laughs> Not the most uh, sports-inclined group, but I do enjoy sports. Jason Gray from Studio C is on BYU Sports Nation. You talk about the Steve Sarkeesian moment in 1996. Is that, your, is that the ultimate BYU memory for you, or, or where, where, what is your ultimate BYU memory? Ultimate BYU memory. Um, that was really great. When uh, BYU beat Oklahoma like four years ago, uh, that first game of the season when Oklahoma's ranked number three, that was that was epic. Um, I was on my mission when the catch happened versus Utah. Okay. But my parents wrote me about it, and I just missed it. I got home like a month later, but uh, so I watched it again. But I'm sure being there in that moment was uh, something to— Still the greatest thing that I believe both of us have ever yeah, witnessed Yeah, we were actually live. standing next to each yeah, other during no that, you know, on, the, awesome. on the sideline. I, I've told the story before, but 
I had a camera, so my right eye, you know, the lens is up to my right eye. I'm shooting as a student for uh, the daily news in the comps department. John Beck throws the ball. I let go of the camera in my right hand, like drop it down, and I just look bare-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my footage stared at the ground. I had, to borrow, the grass. I had to borrow, borrow someone else's footage. It was awesome. Uh, Jason great. Gray of uh, Studio C is on BYU Sports Nation. We're in Studio B. Studio C is just down the hall. That's the reference to uh, the show there. Why Awards tomorrow, I guess. What are you looking forward to the most uh, hosting this live on TV in the Marriott Center? Um, okay, well, we're doing a sketch with Bronco Mendenhall. Ooh. That's all I'll say about Ooh. it. But Bronco is not the type of person you'd normally picture doing sketch comedy. So I think people are really going to enjoy seeing him up there and acting. So it's, and we got some fun. He's got some fun lines and stuff. I think it'll go well. You know, I think, I think we, we had an interview with Bronco on Saturday that dealt with snacks and rating different types of candy. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if the fact that he was being prepared by Studio C that, that he kind of opened up to us. Well, yeah, he might have. He's, <laughs> he's done something with you previously in an unforum on campus, right? Right, right. and he, we actually did a, a sketch with him, too, and we were blown away. Like, he came, we thought, you know, he's not going to become memorized because he's, he's a busy guy, but he actually, like, memorized his wow. lines and stuff. He took it very seriously. We're like, this guy's a thespian, you know, <laughs> in the closet. Well he's fully, done, in, he's fully invested. <laughs> he's fully invested, that's yeah. right. So the Y Awards tomorrow, uh, when you're preparing for something like this, how much – it's totally different than preparing for an actual Studio C episode, I, I would imagine, because it's live and, and it's, you can't always just be funny all the time. So what has been the different dynamic for you preparing for something like this? Uh, I guess you have to kind of prepare for – because it is live and we've never done live before. If a joke doesn't land, you just kind of have to – I guess take it. Um, and also, um, yeah, we've never done a live show, so I think you just got to be on your feet, and if mistakes happen, you just roll with it, and hopefully we'll just have a good, fun time. And, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're prepared, and we got some good monologues and some sketches planned, so I, th- I think we're ready for it. The fun part, having been behind the scenes and been a part of this and read the jokes and everything, is that if you're a Studio C fan, you're going to enjoy it a lot because everyone's involved. Everyone gets up there. And then if you haven't seen Studio C before, I think you'll appreciate what goes on with Studio C. Uh, which, by the way, uh, tell us about the new season coming up April 7th on BYU TV. Yeah, we're, re- we're really stoked. Um, we got some uh, guest stars that are going to be on some, the show. Uh, Glenn Beck was in the studio audience on our last show, and he's like a huge fan of Studio C, which is cool. Um, and we've spent just tons of time uh, finessing our sketches. I think this is going to be our best season by far. Season four. If you yeah, haven't you seen that? the previous you, seasons. four seasons yeah, into yeah, this yeah, thing. It's crazy. It really you, feels like just like yesterday we started. You can watch all of the seasons on BYUtv.org if you've missed them. Jason or Gray the is a member of the Studio C cast. He will host the Y Awards with his comrades tomorrow. Uh, and Jason, you're obviously multi-talented. You, you can do a lot of different things. If you were to play a sport at BYU, if you could play any sport... What would it be? Ultimate Frisbee. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, just a bunch of people just said, what? What? That's a sport? <laughs> what? That's I a- love Ultimate Frisbee. Um, no, I kind of like the weird sports like racquetball and uh, volleyball. But in, in all seriousness, I think, uh, <laughs> I think, man, I'm too short for basketball. Probably soccer, I guess that would be my okay. the, the right sport for me. I don't want to get killed in football. <laughs> <laughs> Lavelle Edwards always said uh, kicker or on the golf team. 
Yeah, would, would be smart. the if he had to do it again, <laughs> he'd, be he'd the go kicker? back and be the kicker or be on or the, on the golf, golf team. <laughs> How can you argue against playing golf for a you living? Can't. Yes, yeah, sir. You cannot. <laughs> Getting paid money for that. Hey, Jason, great. It's been great to have you here. Uh, we appreciate the, appreciate the impersonations <laughs> and the time. We want you to sign our BYU Sports Nation Rise Up flag All so you right. can become yeah, part our, of our team. All cool. our studio guests sign the flag. That's awesome. Give us your autograph, and uh, let's bring you into our Twitter conversation, which is. We want people across BYU Sports Nation to give us their best April Fool's Day story. Do you have a favorite April Fool's April. Day story? Oh, man. Um, let me think. <laughs> While you think I, about that, okay. I'm going to read a tweet related to you. Okay. At Moco BYU Blue, this is Mike O'Connor with the Cougar Club. He says, ask Jason where his shoulder angel was against Boise State. And then he has a picture <laughs> of Matt. <laughs> a picture of Matt on... His shoulder. That's very good. Oh, That's that funny. is great. In yeah. the Marriott Center. <laughs> okay. Well, if you're like me, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really have a great April Fool's Day story. Yeah, sorry, guys. No, I mean, no don't, my, don't mine apologize. Was that my mom, we had just moved to California. My mom told me we were moving back. I was seven. I was like, yeah. April Fool's. No. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I was cry. just mean to a little kid. Come on, mom. <laughs> That's funny. My, well, I guess uh, this didn't happen to me, but it happened to my brother. Uh, my dad took his mission call and, like, took it out and changed it. And oh. then, uh, had, what? Yeah, and had it sent to Antarctica for three years. <laughs> my brother totally believed it. Oh, my goodness. That's pretty good. That's one of the best yeah. I've ever and heard. He, he, he took his time with it. So that made is it look, I believed it, so it was wow. pretty good. Check out the season premiere of Studio C on April 7th. What time will that air on April 7th, Jason? On 8, 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain? 10, 10, 10 p.m. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Eastern, yeah. 8 p.m. Mountain. Jason, thanks so much for the time. Thank you, guys. We're talking about depth and practice. BYU football with former national championship quarterback Blaine Fowler. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. BYU Sports Nation rolls on. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from BYU Broadcasting. Follow our show on Twitter. At BYU Sports Nation, you can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Tonight on BYU Radio, the Cougar baseball team plays at UVU, Utah Valley. Well, it's no, it's at home against in Utah the Valley. Blues. In the Royal Blues. Watch it live on the W.TV and listen on BYU Radio. Blaine Fowler is a former national champion quarterback at BYU, and he is a dual-threat analyst now for college basketball and college football. Today we're talking about spring football and BYU with depth. But Blaine, let let me ask you this first. Our Twitter question today is, what is your best April Fool's Day memory? Do you have a favorite April Fool's Day memory or story? Oh, I don't know if I have a favorite. All of our kids are grown up and out of the house now, and they're the ones that always used to love to play the tricks on us. And so I've had many times where I get up and weird things to eat for breakfast. Dad, we got breakfast for you. And I uncover the thing and it's green eggs and ham and that kind of stuff. I can't believe you uh, ate it. Oh, hey, a little food coloring never hurt anybody, right? And I had to be a tough guy. <laughs> Blame Fowler. I did, not say, I did not say I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them. Uh, I was I waiting for that. I eat them in a box. I would eat them with a box. <laughs> I'd eat them on a train. I'd eat them on a plane. I'd eat them anywhere. As Dave McCann would say, there he goes! There he goes! Blaine Fowler is also a Dr. Seuss expert, if you could not tell. Okay, now now we talk spring football. Jeremy and I uh, spent the the beginning of the show talking about depth and how this is 
kind of a unique thing for BYU, at least at least on paper. I can't remember a time they've had this many talented players in a number of positions, most notably now at the wide receiver position. What's your take on depth? We'll start at wide receiver. Well, I, I think, you know, everybody worries about losing Cody Hoffman, and that's, that's a big loss because he was a go-to guy and a guy that Taysom had a lot of confidence in um, and that Riley had a lot of confidence in the year before that. But in terms of the number of guys they have that can contribute this year and rotate in and that are real threats to make big plays, I can't remember a time when they've had more receiving depth than they have right now. And, and we saw a couple of guys emerge in the spring game the other day. Karen Houck is the guy that they've been hoping would, would make a step forward. And, and we saw him with that big 56-yard touchdown pass. He had a couple of big third-down conversions in that. And Karen's another big-bodied, athletic guy that could play inside or outside. There, there was talk about him playing tight end. He, he's that big, um, so he's a body that's like Cody Hoffman's body, uh, maybe even a little bit bigger than Cody. That can make some plays. And we see Michael Davis move back to the wide receiver position, and he had a 54-yard touchdown pass. And he's he's a guy that has the ability to stretch defenses, and so. So we've got that. Michael Davis, maybe the fastest guy on the team. And guess what? We haven't even seen Devin Blackman yet. So Devin Blackman's going to come um, in the summertime out of Riverside City College. He's one of the fastest players in Oregon's recruiting class a couple of years ago. Legitimate 4-4 guy. You add him to Michael Davis. Now you can book players on both sides of the field that can run right by defenses. When's the last time BYU had bookend receivers that they could put out on the field in a specific situation that both corners would have to go, oh, no, I better just turn around and start running right now because these guys can blow by me. And, and then Nick Kurtz really just coming into his own. Um, it, early in spring, you know, everybody's expecting great things out of the Grossmont transfer, but he had, he had to learn this offense. And so I don't think he was going full speed. I think he was thinking. And then this last week of practice, um, he's starting to show the athleticism at 6'6 that, that we're, we're expecting. And then maybe the, the guy that I think is maybe going to contribute um, more than, than anybody realizes right now isn't here either, and that's Jordan Leslie, who's the transfer from UTEP. Because we know he's proven at the Division One level that he can be a productive wide receiver, a very productive go-to guy, a great route runner with good hands and, and good size at 6'3". So, so we're seeing guys that are playing, um, guys that are returning, guys that are stepping up, that, that we haven't heard about before. And we have a couple that we're going to add to that class this summer. When it's all said and done, I really believe this is going to be the deepest, most talented group of wide receivers that BYU's had in, in recent memory for me. Blaine Fowler is on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, looking at other uh, freshmen, that can include some return missionaries that didn't play before their mission, like Troy Hines from your neck of the woods uh, in uh, northern Utah. Uh, then you throw in a, a Trey Dye. Then you throw in uh, Fred Warner. Uh, different freshmen, uh, Bronco said, he thinks that some freshmen are going to play 20 plays a game. Who are some of those freshmen you think he's uh, referring to? Well, I think Troy Hines, if he can get in shape, is a freakish athlete. This is a guy that's six four, six five, and was running three years in high school in the Utah 100-meter dash state championship finals. He the ran final in 100 group. as a D lineman in high school? Linebacker. He played defensive end and tight end in high school at Davis High. Wow. And he was running the 100-meter dash? Wow. And he runs, and he go, and he runs the 100-meter dash in 10.9 seconds. Mm. That's so ridiculous. We're talking, we're, 
yeah, we're talking about it's it's just not it's not right for somebody to be that big and that fast. So so if you look at what his skill set is, this is a guy that if he can come back and get in shape, and I think he's back here like in the next couple of weeks. If he can come back and get in shape, his skill set is the kind he's got the speed and combination of speed and size that you can put him right out on the field. And he could play tight end. He can play outside linebacker. Um, they could beef him up and eventually play him at a, at a rush defensive end. I see him doing more like, like what they're doing with Kafusi right now and putting him on the outside as that weak backer that can rush the passer, but that can also get back in pass coverage. So he's a freakish athlete. You, you know, he was the number one recruit in the state of Utah his senior year. So he's a guy that the that mission can. Yeah. He and gets then, home then, July you know, 18th, by the way. July 18th. So, so that's, it's kind of short, short timing for him, but don't be surprised if by the middle of the year he, he starts to do things. I think Michael Shelton, um, a defensive back, the freshman out of Raleigh, North Carolina, who's mid-year, um, he's got the kind of speed and quickness with his feet that um, you could put him out there in a limited role and say, just go cover that guy. You know, just go, just go shut that guy down, where he doesn't have to have an unbelievable understanding of what's going on. So that's, that's not a return missionary, but that's an incoming, that's a freshman that could play. Trey Dye is the kind of guy that could have a huge impact on special teams as a true freshman, um, you know, coming out. So, so there's, there's a, number, a number of guys, both return missionaries that will be new and, and incoming, um, that, I think, that I think can have an impact. And I, I a guy like Trey Dye on the special teams, you know, you don't have to understand the offense, understand. To just put him back there and say, hey, it's return middle, and watch him do his thing. And how fun would it be if Trey Dye can be anything close to what his dad James was? You I mean, punt, that, you die. Yeah, exactly. No, but people started to change their entire strategy punting the football. They just said, you know what? We're just going to punt it out of bounds because – we don't care if we only punt yeah. it 35 yards. The worst thing that could happen is put it in that guy's hand. Yeah. What if Trey ends up anything close to what James is? And my understanding is similar size, similar quickness, similar field vision. I mean, and James is one of the all-time greats in BYU history. Maybe the most exciting player ever here. Yeah. Oh, so fun. And, and so I look at Trey and I think, oh, man, we could have some fun watching this. And that's the kind of skill set. And, and at the at the position, you know, on special teams, kicks and punts, where you can put him out there as a freshman and not worry that he's going to blow an assignment. Because typically, what keeps really talented freshmen off the field is their ability to grasp what you want them to do. You know, Jamal Williams took some time to get on the field because they needed him to understand pass protection at that running back position. Um, you know, defensive backs, corners. Sometimes you can put locked up. It's almost never do you see a safety play as a freshman because they're making calls and they're, they're, they're making sure the people in their alignment, same thing with linebacker. So there are some positions where you can just say, hey, go get them, uh, and you can put guys out there. The special teams is one of those. And so I think we're going to see Die play this year in that capacity. Blaine Fowler, former BYU quarterback, 1984 national champion, is joining us on BYU Sports Nation. In a, in a defense that has been highlighted, spotlighted by the linebacking position, uh, I'm looking at the defensive backs that are coming in, and I can't remember a time when the secondary has been as loaded as it looks to be on paper, Blaine. So I- I'm more excited, honestly, about the defensive back and the capability there than I am about the linebackers, and that's saying a lot because the linebackers should be ridiculous as well. What are you most excited about on the defensive side of the ball? 
Well, I, I was most worried about linebacker. I, I knew what was coming in in the secondary, and I think spring ball has shown that, that they're going to be very good at linebacker again. And so this defense, when Bronco moved to the 3-4, remember we used to run that 3-3-5. Yep. And, it, and the 3-3-5 is built on great safety play. And what he realized was, man, what we really can do is recruit linebackers. So we're going to go to a 3-4. So the entire philosophy is based on being great at that position. And when you lose guys with the production that BYU had last year that are going out, both inside and outside, you know, and, and, and a dynamic player that's a big playmaker like Van Noy, you start to go, wow, okay, how are they going to fill that void? Because if they can't play well there, they're going to have problems. And, and I think Zach Stout coming back and playing the way he has and actually being number one on the depth chart right now is huge. I think Manoa Pekula has taken a leadership role and has really surprised people with how stout and how good he's going to be there. I think that Heater can play inside. So all of a sudden I'm going, oh, you know what? We're okay inside. We're going to have guys in there that can lead and do what we need them to do. And then we always have known that Alani Fula can play out there. He's ridiculous at outside backer, NFL skill set. But this experiment with Kapusi and, and the way he's come along and the way I think he's going to continue to come along makes me really confident in an area that I was not confident in going into spring ball. So, so I'm really pleased with that, and that's the most important position on the defense. Now, to your point, Spencer, a defensive back, we knew they were going to have depth because they were forced to develop depth last year with all of the injuries. And, and so the, the beauty of having to play a guy like Levitt and having to play Rob, Rob you know, Daniel and these guys last year is, now all of a sudden, guys like Jordan Johnson that you were expecting to play, and, uh, and Tremel, Tremel or Trammel, what am I saying? I'm losing my mind. Tremel. Um, Tremel. Yeah, so Tremel is a guy that looked really, really good, and then all of a sudden, you know, it hurts the knee. And so you get these two guys back that are legitimate lockdown corners if they're healthy. So we have, we have to see how the summer progresses and how fall goes. But if you get those two guys completely healthy, and now you add to that the depth and the cast of guys. I mean, right down to Sky Povey, who played a ton last year. You have um, the talent level to have multiple lockdown guys on the field. I mean, think about this. What if you can have the two lockdown corners and you can play Rob Daniel at a nickel? Exactly. Exactly. Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden you play against a spread team and you go, that's fine. We can lock these guys down. Not only that, you can bring him in at the nickel, you can leave Alani Fua in, and Alani Fua is good enough at linebacker with his range to cover the other inside receiver. He did that against Houston to win the game with the INT at the end. So when can you remember a BYU team going into the summer where you go, you know what, if we play a really good spread team like Houston, we got four guys that we can put on, the, on those four receivers across the board that we feel really confident that can cover man-to-man. And then you can put a guy like Bills behind them with all the experience that he has. I mean, it's exciting. And then you can rotate in guys to give guys a break. And so the depth and quality um, that is there this year is really the result of the struggles and having to make do last year with all the injuries. That created a depth um, that they're going to have this year that's really going to pay off in a year – when their schedule is conducive to them, you know, having a magical kind of year, winning 10, 11, maybe even 12 games if they could get Texas, and, and they have the depth to be able to do that. And they have the depth to be able to get by if they suffer an injury or two. Um, and that's important because that always is going to happen. Some, somebody's going to go down, and they're not in a position this year if somebody goes down that you go, what are they going to do? Who are they going to play? We know that. So, so the only question we have now on the defense 
is how is that defensive line depth going to develop? And they got some big physical guys, and really the role of that line is to be block eaters and to just take up space and hold the line of scrimmage and create havoc. I think they have the guys to be able to do that. I trust that Coach Kafusi and Bronco are going to be able to put something together. And, and Bronco has proven to us that it doesn't matter who graduates. He's able to put a quality defense out there year after year, and he has unbelievable raw talent to work with this year. And so I would expect that that defense is going to be outstanding in 2000, you know, this 2014 fall season. Blaine Fowler, we appreciate the time. Very much looking forward to what the Cougars can do in 2014, and we will talk to you soon. All right, guys. Have a great day. Have a great April Fool's Day. <laughs> yes. Best of luck to you out there. I hope you don't get tricked at all today. <laughs> Thanks, Blaine. We'll talk to you again soon. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, freshman playing 20-plus plays a game? Big deal or no deal? We discuss next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, sponsored in part by National Processing, credit card processing for your business needs. Did you miss a BYU Sports Nation? Of course not. But if you happen to, you can watch it or hear it on BYUSportsNation.com. That has audio. And then the video is on demand on BYUTV.org slash DVR. You know what I feel like doing right now? Eating cake. No deal. Some cake would be nice on April Fool's Day. I never get National Processing Sponsorship, a big deal, no deal, is a big deal. Credit card processing for your business needs. Here's how it works. Our fabulous producer, Ben Bagley, the voice of BYU Sports Nation. And the Y Awards. And then the in-house Y Awards, yes. We'll throw out a one-liner. Jeremy and I decide if it's a big deal or no deal. Let's go. Number one. Big deal, no deal. Not 70, but 105 plays for Saturday's scrimmage. Big deal. Anytime that you can get more plays in a game-type scenario with guys that don't have a lot of that experience and you get a chance to profile, to display the newcomers and give them a taste of what that intensity feels like, it's great. The fact that they could run 35 more plays than anticipated, is how can that not be a good thing? Yeah, big deal. Because Taysom Hill got to chuck the ball a little bit more and chuck it deep. We saw some of those uh, deep balls uh, in the game. Which is what you wanted. Yes. And early, I wasn't seeing it, and I was thinking, we know you can run, dude. You're an elite runner. Jordan Lynch thinks you're good at running. But then he started throwing the ball downfield, and was like, all right, that's what you need to develop. And I think we'll see more of that. So 105 plays, awesome, because guess what? BYU runs more like 105 plays a game anyway, like 90. Number two. Big deal, no deal. Bronco wants freshmen playing up to 22 plays. I say no deal because it's like if, if you're good enough to play, play. I don't care how old you are. I, I don't care how, how old. If you, if you have the savvy to play as a freshman, great. I mean, he, he wants that, and I think that they have the talent to do that. And so maybe because I'm not as surprised with how much talent they have on paper. So I'm going to say no deal. I, that, that expectation kind of just seems normal to me. To me, it's a big deal because ideally you don't play freshmen. What does that say about the upperclassmen? They're not good enough to play over those freshmen. Or what does that say about your recruiting class? You would rather have them know the playbook, be in the system a little bit. Maybe they redshirted. I would rather have upperclassmen be the ones to playing than younger guys. But here's the thing. You want sprinkled in some young guys so that they can play for a while. Van Noy did not play every down his freshman year. It took some time to learn that. Jamal Williams... He was behind Michael Elisa. But once he got in there, he could figure out what he's doing and then play even better 
because he had time to kind of watch from the sidelines. Number three. Big deal, no deal. Kyle Collinsworth targeting a six-month comeback. Can I upgrade this to an enormous deal? If Kyle Collinsworth makes it back in six months, that would be a huge difference maker for BYU basketball. And because I know Kyle and the type of person that he is and the optimist and the hard worker that he is, I don't doubt that it can happen. I, I, I don't know if it's the best thing for Kyle to try and rush back, but I, I think it's a big deal because the prognosis is good and anything that involves Kyle Collins with getting back on an, uh, an escalated time frame is a great thing. I'll say no deal because I expect greatness from Kyle Collinsworth because he is a great person and a great player. And he's going to hit it so hard that I'm not going to be surprised if he comes back in six to seven or eight because he's going to try so hard to get back. Uh, I would say it's going to be a big deal if that actually happens because that is so tough. Number four. Big deal, no deal. Men's volleyball, fastest to clinch the MPSF title. This is a big deal because the MPSF is the SEC of college volleyball when you compare it to college football. It's the conference to play for, all the powerhouses. BYU clinches it faster than any other team and kind of in a de facto way have put themselves in the NCAA tournament. I'll say big deal, but to me I want to say no deal because ultimately BYU will be defined by whether they won the national championship or not. They're such an elite program, but they need to get a national title out of these two seasons, being last season and this season, for Taylor Sanders' legacy and for the program. When you win the MPSF, you need to pay it off with a national championship. And I'm glad that that's the standard. That tells you how good the program is. BYU Volleyball is number two in the country. At this point in the season, they have never done this. So, and this coming from the voice of men's volleyball, how can this not be a huge deal? It is a big deal. The bigger deal is a national championship, so that's why I'm going no deal right now. Congratulations on winning the regular season, though. That's fantastic. You know that I know that's a big deal. You know how many teams are in the NCAA tournament this year? Six, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Oh, yeah. The NCAA tournament for men's volleyball has expanded this season to six. This is great news for BYU. This means that there's four automatic bids, two at-large bids. That means one more at-large bid than last year, just one. So if BYU wins one of their last four regular season matches at Hawaii, at Santa Barbara, at UCLA, two in Hawaii, they essentially lock up one of those at-large bids, in my opinion. Probably need to win the conference quarterfinal as well. BYU volleyball rolling right now. And oh, by the way, an All-American and a sweep of the West Coast Conference Weekly Awards. It's all in the Cougar Whip Around next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. The BYU Cougars, 150 days away from Connecticut and the football season opener. Spencer Linton and Jeremy Jordan hanging out in Studio B. Es. Time to whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Tyler Hawes adds another postseason honor to his proverbial trophy case. Hawes was named an AP All American honorable mention yesterday. Hawes is the first Cougar since Jim Murfredette in 2011 to receive All American honors. What's a proverbial Baseball. trophy case? Well, he doesn't have an actual trophy case with this honor in it, so he can put it in the proverbial. Okay. Trophy. No fooling around today. Cougar Baseball hosting. Utah Valley University tonight. They'll wear royal blues tonight. The Cougars will as, you know, they mean business. First pitch, 8 Eastern. It can be heard on BYU Radio or seen on the W.TV. 
men's volleyball. Fresh off of two wins over this past weekend to become the fastest team in conference history to clinch the number one seed in the conference tournament, the BYU men's volleyball team remains ranked second in the national rankings behind Loyola and plays at Hawaii this weekend. Tourney train. Softball. BYU sweeps the weekly West Coast <laughs> nice. Conference Player and Pitcher of the Week awards. Freshman right-hander McKenna Bull, Pitcher of the Week, coming off her outing against Oregon and Idaho State. And freshman Sydney Broderick named Player of the Week after hitting 600 in four games, including two homers, two triples, and five RBI. Who gets today's Rise and Show? How about uh, Jason Gray, Studio C for the impersonations? Yeah. Oh, I'll Studio C for having 30 million views on YouTube. Seriously. Uh, Uriah Leatawa, the kid from Compton, the decommitted verbally to Stanford, signed with BYU. He got his mission call. He's going to Western Samoa. Good Rise luck, and Uriah. shout to Uriah Leatawa. Well done. Uh, okay. So while we have a moment, our, let's revisit our Twitter question, which is, what is your favorite April Fool's Day story? Go. Okay, Jerem, you've already given yours. At Bridger Hill says, two kids used crazy glue on our classroom door, sealing it shut. Craggle. Yeah. <laughs> the only problem was they sealed themselves out. <laughs> that's, that's funny, but dumb. Okay. See Willie Wet. Uh, a friend had me call our dentist office posing as Jimmer Fredette because the receptionist was a huge Jimmer fan. Went perfectly. She couldn't stop giggling, and she screamed when she got off the phone. <laughs> That's just mean. That is mean. At Gentleman87, this is also below the belt. I told my dad he was going to be a grandpa. He got so excited. Oh! I felt bad when I did tell him it was an oh! April Fool's joke. That one's tough. Hey, That's low. Thanks to our guest today, Jason Gray of Studio C, Blaine Fowler, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at BYU Sports Nation, for show links and much more. Episodes of the show on demand at BYUsportsNation.com every afternoon and on BYUtv.org slash DVR. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Tyler Anderson. BYU Sports Nation, back to work tomorrow.